Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Spotlight Podcast, taking a look at some of the top young talents throughout South America. On this week's show, we'll be breaking down River Plate attacker Sebastian Driussi. I'm your host, Austin Miller, looking forward to another good show this week, joined, as always, by Tom Robinson. Tom, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. You know, um, been watching plenty of South American football and under-20 World Cup action while the uh, European season's uh, finished. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been enjoyable, especially for seeing all the next generation of young South American talents coming through. All good mind. How about things with you, mate? I'm doing quite well. Doing quite well. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I will probably be well on my way or in South America. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully we can come back from that trip with some names that we can break down on some future Spotlight podcasts. I'll get to see Yeri Mina, who we broke down uh, on a couple shows ago. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that trip. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There'll be a lot of football, uh, which is which was kind of the goal. So looking forward to that one. Uh, but let's get into Sebastian Driussi here. Um, a little bit of the raw numbers for you. He's a 21-year-old attacker at River Plate. His first real season uh, in the River Plate squad, he scored 17 goals so far domestically for them. Uh, he was on the squad list for the 2015 Under-20 World Cup for Argentina, but did not feature much. Uh, there's been some some transfer speculation on him throughout. So Tom, Sebastian Driussi, a really talented player who is, has kind of found his footing now at River. Yeah, he's uh, someone who, for a long time, you know, everyone knew he was a talented player and you know, there was a lot of hype around him, but there was a while when you kind of thought, oh, maybe this guy's not actually going to live up to that early potential he's shown. But you know, as you as you said, this season he's he's been on absolutely sensational form, and he's second top scorer in the league at the moment, going head to head with Dario Benedetto uh, at rivals Boca. Um, and he's been absolutely great. I remember first seeing him for the Argentina under-17s. He scored this amazing overhead kick from the edge of the area against Uruguay. Um, and I, he was a top scorer at the Sudamericano, under-17 Sudamericano back in 2013, I think. That team I went on to reach the semi-finals, the under-17 World Cup that year as well. So ever since then, I've kind of had an eye on him. Yeah, it's taken him a bit of a while to break through, which was... a uh, mainly down to the fact that he he seemed to be played on the wing and in attacking midfield rather than up front and he was actually on the point of leaving the club last year when uh, Velez and Huracan were both interested in getting him but pre-season in I think a tournament in Orlando he asked to play up front given the nod by Gachado and then he's been in great form ever since he got I think like 10 and 14 at the end of 2016 and I think he's yeah like you said he's 17 in the league at the time of recording and a few in the Libertadores as well so it's really nice to see a player that I kind of tipped uh, a long time ago actually kind of come good on that pro uh, promise. Yeah as you said at that Sudamericano in 2013 uh, the under 17 he scored five goals there then played at the under 17 World Cup for Argentina but then as you said he, he kind of disappeared for a little bit there. Uh, got some matches at River Plate, but failed to, to really find his mark. He did get four goals in 2015, but did not score uh, in in eight matches in 2016. It, would you, as you said earlier, would you just kind of put that down to being played out of position? And this is the first time that he's he's gotten to play that position that he's best at, or, or was there a little bit more in it? Yeah, I think it was a, a mixture of things. Really, like you said, his I think his versatility was um, almost a hindrance in in some way because. He was he was part of a really really strong river team. You know they won the Sudamericana in 2014. They won Liber 
uh, Libertadores next year that they were absolutely you know playing some of the best football in the continent at that point and yeah he only got five goals in 63 games but that was yeah mainly because he was coming off the bench or he was on stuck on the right wing I think in the long term it's actually sort of rounded his game out quite nicely you know you see a lot of his link up plays very good now his passing's good his movement's very good um, all these kind of aspects of his game, I think, have now been helped by the by the fact he sort of had to, you know, just bide his time and and wait for his opportunity. Um, so I think you know part of it would have been him just being a young player um, playing at the bit one of the biggest clubs in Ar- Argentina. That I think mainly it was the fact that he just w- has played out of position. Certainly understandable. Let's talk a bit about his game. You mentioned it. We've seen some of the link up play that those plays out on the wing. He, he's capable of playing there. When I watch Drusy, kind of the thing that sticks out to me is is obviously the frame. Uh, he's just five foot ten. Uh, he's pacey. He seems to be an intelligent player. I think some of that, having played other positions, certainly plays into that. He's got a very strong shot. He's a good finisher. Um, and maybe the thing that stuck out most, kind of under the radar for me, is even though he's just five ten, Tom, to me, he looks like he's deceptively strong for that. Obviously, he's not an out and out target number nine or anything like that. But he can get in the box and he can fight for a ball and he can kind of he has a bit of that hold up play if he's asked to do that. Yeah, that's part of what I like so much about his game, really. You know, he's you wouldn't say he truly excels at just one thing. You know, his his heading's good for a guy who's not not too tall or anything like that. And he, he relies more on good movement to kind of find those spaces in between defenders. And yeah, as you said, he, he's strong. That's something that I think has always been a part of his game. I think at the time he he was maybe a bit bigger than some of his, uh, his opponents at youth level, um, but he hasn't sort of grown too much, basically. But he's still got that, you know, grit and determination that's kind of typical of South American strikers. And yeah, his finishing is is become on leaps and bounds. You know, for a while he's quite wasteful, but but now he he's, he scores all types of goals. Really, you know, he he can pull off a bit of magic on the from the edge of the box, but he's also very good at just poaching in and around. You know, those clever little movements we were talking about allow him that sort of yard of space. And he's got the pace and dribbling skills to to create something for himself as well. So, yeah, all round, very interesting guy. I think the eternal question with with a guy like Driussi or or really with any striker or goal scorer in South America is what happens when you up that level a bit? He is doing it at the highest level in South America. You know, 17 goals for one of the biggest clubs in Argentina, three goals in the Copa Libertadores group stage for River. But what happens when he does make that move to Europe? And I think we're both in agreement, and we'll talk about this in a bit, that that's a move that is coming sooner rather than later. Do you think his skill set can translate well to that next step and the European game? Purely from like skill set and and the sort of raw material he's got there, he's definitely good enough to go on and, and feature for a good European side. I mean, I don't think he's, he should be going for a, like a top European side right yet. Um, maybe sort of a mid table Italian or Spanish team. I think a move to the premier league might be a bit too soon for him. You know, you, you never know, like there's players who've come in and done well, like Lanzini at West Ham, for example, but then you see other guys who did well in Argentina, like Jonathan uh, Caleri, who you didn't even really get a look in. Yeah, I think his game would maybe suit the Serie A probably best, and he's been linked with a, a move to Sampdoria, which you'd think would be a, a kind of a good place to go because he'd get plenty of first-team football. 
you know, get his foot in the door and who knows, maybe he could kick on and, and go on to bigger things. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think he, he really needs to pick the club carefully because as he's seen before, if he's someone who's in and out of the team, then he maybe struggles to make as much of an impact. But if he gets that run and he's paired with maybe another another striker, he's I think one of the really interesting things about his current good form at River is that he's he's up up front alongside uh, Lucas Elario, who's another excellent prospect, a, li- a little bit older. I think he's about 24 now, but you know he's he's on the fringe of the national team, and they kind of had this good big man, little man relationship um so if, if he has like a, a good strike partner to play, play alongside i think that could go a long way to how well he does in europe do you think that is where he plays best is in kind of a strike partnership with two at front you know obviously all the different tactics is he the type of player you think that could feature as just a lone striker up front or does he need that second kind of attacker to play off of to really succeed and really be put in, in the best position to succeed his best position is probably as that second striker, someone who can just play off a off a front man. I mean, he has and and definitely can play on his own, but you'd worry about him getting isolated. Perhaps you you need to have, make sure you have really you know good attacking midfielders around him. But as we said, that versatility could play in his favour if he's just looking to get in any team. You know, he could play as part of a front three. You know, he's he can even sort of drop deeper and maybe even play as a ten. Uh, depending on the needs of the team. But as we've seen before, he's got that versatility, but realistically he does need to play up front. And what I've seen of him, I personally like him best when he's and he's got a good sort of strike partner to play off. One of the teams that was most interested in him, or at least heavily linked, was Tottenham Hotspur in this past January of 2017. That move obviously didn't come off. He's still at River. That feels like were that move to come, it would probably be a, a purchase and then a loan on somewhere else. It doesn't seem like he's at the level where he should be making the move straight to Spurs at this point. But we could see one of those situations, you know, like we've seen with some players at, at Manchester City, the buy and then the loan out. Do you think that would be a decent move for him? I mean, Spurs is a great club right now to for young players to move to because um, Pochettino is doing amazing things. And obviously that Argentinian link, is probably what prompted some of the some of the rumours to to emerge, and obviously there's Eric Lamella there as well, who was a former River teammate as well. Um, so yeah, I think in terms of settling in, it, it would be a decent place. And I don't know. I'm, I mean, I think you could maybe make a case of him becoming like you know a backup sort of forward for for Spurs, especially as they try and deal with you know Champions League and Premier League football. So I don't think you'd necessarily be one of these youngsters who comes in and is immediately loaned out I think he'd be someone who would be fighting for a a first team place but I don't think he would break into you know what's a right now and a a really amazing squad Um, I think he'd have to settle with you know maybe cup competition and the odd Premier League appearance but and I don't think that would quite be best for him you know maybe Spurs of a few years ago would have been better but now they're one of the top teams in England so I think there'd be worse places to go if you look at the top clubs in England but I think realistically Italy for me would be would be the best move for him what what would you say as far as the timing of this move Um, obviously he's had a very successful river squad right now they're certainly one of the favorites for the Copa Libertadores were they to win that then the crown jewel of South American football the FIFA Club World Cup would come in December it's definitely some rumblings about a move right now, but as far as I'm concerned, the timeline for me would probably be 
maybe a, a purchase at this point, but then a loan back to River until the end of 2017, or just uh, wait for that move until the end of 2017. Is that kind of the timeline that that you would plot out as well for Driussi, or maybe even a longer stay at River, or do you see him moving, you know, right now in this window? Yeah, it's a tough one, really, because what with uh, River standing a really good chance in the Libertadores, you, you kind of think they'd want to keep hold of at least one of Alario and Driussi, you know, preferably both if they can, but that might be a big ask because, you know, they're two of the most informed strikers in, in South America right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally would be in favour of that if someone does buy him, giving him at least six months back at River for the for the rest of the Libertadores. But you could see him going and, you know, I think he's at a stage where he's developed well enough to rightfully expect to be a first-team player at top flight clubs in Europe so yeah he's it's not even though he's still young he's he's had a, quite a lot of football in his career already and I don't think he'd be someone who would necessarily be saved for a rainy day as it were um so I think you could see him go this this summer I think there's um he's got a clause in his contract of around 15 million uh 50 million euros that is um so f- considering the market these days it's n- not actually that bad for s- someone who's really really good striker i could easily see him hanging on for one more year but i'd be very surprised if come this time next year he was he was still at river but we'll, you know we'll see we'll see what, what do you think would uh would be the the best move for him then austin uh, i'm always an advocate of giving a guy a chance to finish out the year in south america partly because it benefited my club palmetas so much with gabriel jesus it's also nice to to end the speculation if you will um, for Palmeiras, the, the sale to Manchester City was completed by July or August or whenever it was. And then, all right, he's staying until December. We have a set end date and it takes away that speculation. It takes away that pressure on the player. I do think that is a good move, especially for the South American clubs, because you know when you're going to lose the player rather than all of a sudden in the span of 10 days, the rumor mill swirls up and boom, he's gone. And then you're, you're, you're left struggling to try and replace Whereas when you get kind of that advanced warning, you have a bit of time to, to plan for the replacement. I think River are one of, if not the best squads in the Libertadores this year. And if they do hang on to both Triussi and Eladio, I think they could absolutely make a run for that title. Uh, and then, of course, the Club World Cup, you know, we saw them there in 2015. Triussi actually appeared in, in that tournament. I, they'd love to have a go at that as well. Um, so I think the best move would be to stay till the end of 2017, whether that's being sold and loaned back now or whether that's just waiting to move at all until the end of that. I think personally, that's the best move for Drew Z. Yeah, certainly from River's point of view, I think that would be the best scenario. And, and I do and, you, I and I do usually look at things through the South American club view of it because that is the focus for me and those are the teams that I do follow. So, I, you know, obviously I am looking at this through a, maybe a different lens than, than most European fans would be looking at it. That's definitely something to take into account. And also, you know, you never like to see one of these guys who's entertained you so much over here then sort of go to a European club and for whatever reason it not work out and you kind of think, oh, you know, such a waste. You know, there's there's countless examples. Um, so hopefully he can go somewhere. And I mean, looking forward into the future, I mean, I, what what do you reckon his potential is? Do you think he could maybe be a national team player, or or is he just maybe a step below that? Yeah, that was the actually the question I was going to bring up next was his sitting in in the Argent the Argentine national team. Obviously, with Jorge Sampaoli taking over, 
definitely a changing of the guard. You know, you can see some players be rotated in and out. It's a very talented attacking pool for Argentina. Obviously, there's no doubt about that. You know, Higuain, Di Maria, Aguero, uh, Lucas Aladio, his teammate at River Plate, seems to be ahead of him on the pecking order. I feel like there's maybe another time and place when he's in the Argentine national team, but he is a bit unfortunate in his timing in that he has a lot of players ahead of him in that pool. I would like to see him get a call up soon. I think it would be interesting, but as far as, you know, a potential 2018 World Cup squad is concerned, I do think he's probably just a bit on the outside looking in at this point for that. What about yourself? In agreement there that he's he's maybe a top 30 or 35 player for the Argentine national team, but maybe not a top 23. Yeah, certainly when it comes to just like a domestic squad, he, he would be in there. But 2018 is far too early for him. I don't think there's any chance of him getting a call up when you ha- you know have the likes of, you know, Dybala, Messi, Aguero, Higuain, you know, even even his teammate Alario seems ahead of him in the pecking order. I think he'd probably have to prove himself in, in Europe. It's just, you know, for any other nation, he'd probably have a, a decent shout of being in the squad but it's just uh when it when it comes to argentinian strikers you have to be really good to to make make that team uh, he's someone that i've always had a soft spot you know and try you know hoped hope that he's going to do well i think it would be a case of maybe two three years down the line if he really kind of takes off in in europe like you know the same with Duvala. Duvala's only just kind of getting in the squad and and, you know, he's an absolutely amazing player. So I think Driussi might fall into that category of players who are maybe waiting in the wings. And if they have a good season, they could sneak in, you know, kind of same as Luciano Vieto or someone like that. But with Sampaoli, the, it's almost like a clean uh, slate. So, you know, you know, you never know. Uh, you know, he's, he's a bit of a maverick and I'm sure Driussi is someone that he's watching. One final question here on Driussi before we wrap this one up, Tom. On these podcasts, we definitely do talk about the strengths of a player. If there any are, if there are any weaknesses in Drewsy's game, things that he would need to improve to kind of make that next step at a level, is there anything that sticks out to you when you watch him play? He is a good all-round forward option, which is which is partly why I like him. But I think that versatility is always going to be a bit of a double-edged sword. You know, it could it could give him extra playing minutes in whichever club he moves to, but you know he might not get quite as many goals if he's not played out of position. So that that'd be interesting. I think can he deal with the you know increased tempo and pace of of the European game? That's that's another thing to look out for. You know, physically he's he is strong, but you know his aerial game could could have a little bit more work. And also, as much as I think this is you know his blossoming into the the striker we all knew he was going to be it is only one season that he's he's shown that he can do it so you know let's hope that it's not a flash in the pan but if he can prove that consistency then uh, then we're on to a good striker but no i mean i think he's honed his game really well and uh, all those gripes are, are very minor i think the consistency question you know, there is nothing that Drewsy can really do about it besides continuing to play at the level that he's been playing at. Um, but that is one that I, I think is is a valid one. We've seen it for one year, but can he do it consistently? Because he does have that stretch, and and it is easily explainable. You know, playing out of position in a really good squad where he struggled for minutes. But if he is given the same amount of, of playing time in the same sort of position, is he able to repeat it? I think that's that's definitely a valid question going forward. I think he can, but we've yet to see that. I think it all depends on the club he moves to, really, and and can he adapt? You know, all those kind of off the field 
aspects that you know we sometimes take for granted so yeah it's, it's going to be intriguing um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm backing him i'm gonna put my neck on the line you've been a jerusi fan from the start really so at this point you're kind of stuck in it you know you're, you're always going to stand up for your guy right <laughs> yeah my eggs eggs are in the basket so uh, no taking them out now there we go. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the WFI Spotlight on Sebastian Drusi. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at World Football I. Uh, and if you are listening to our podcast on iTunes, we would appreciate it greatly if you if you would leave us a review if you if you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Uh, so again, be sure to follow us on Twitter for all the latest podcasts from the World Football Index. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.